Gang, for over a year now, I've been talking about True Hemp Science Full Spectrum CBD oils and how they've reduced my anxiety and helped me get better sleep without waking up feeling foggy and confused. I've also talked about the Full Spectrum CBD bombs that relieved my hand pain last year and made playing piano and guitar much easier. Well, gang, today I'm going to tell you about True Hemp Science organic gummies made with full spectrum hemp oil that are available now. They come in two different gauges. There are five, uh, 50 milligram ones that have 50 milligrams of CBD and 1.5 milligrams of THC. Then there are ones that are 100 milligrams of CBD and 5 milligrams of THC. Absolutely delicious uh, lemon lime slash orange flavors and also watermelon black cherry flavors. Super, super delicious. Now, now, they also have a complete line of full-spectrum CBD products, including oils, tinctures, skincare lotions, sports rubs, chocolates, gummies, all kinds of stuff. Well, gang, How Did I Get Here has teamed up with True Hemp Science to bring you a very special offer that benefits all of us. Spend $100 or more at TrueHempScience.com and you will get a free gift. Just enter the code HDIGH at checkout. There's a little code place there for you to enter it. H-D-I-G-H and you will get a free gift with purchase. That's right. Go to TrueHempScience.com and balance your body and mind with True Hemp Science. Let's get down. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? It's time for How Did I Get Here? And now here is your host. Hello, I'm Johnny. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good week. You made it through, buddy. You made it through. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? Because, gang, I know you got a lot of choices out there. And you've chosen this episode to listen to right now. And I want to thank you. It means a lot to me. So thanks. Thank you. Um, it's ACL. It's starting to be Austin City Limits Music Festival in Austin. Uh, the weather has gotten cool all of a sudden, and it's super nice. Um, it's it's going to be a really nice weekend for this sort of thing. You know, we got some friends playing out there at ACL this weekend. We do. Um, on Sunday, friends of the show, Jane Leo. Yeah, they're going to be playing out there at 1 p.m. on the Tito stage. So if you get out to these things early, which you should, man, that's a good time. You get to see bands you've never seen before, bands you never heard of. See what's going on. So I'm telling you, if you've never seen Jane Leo, never heard of them, they were on the show. I think last year was the last time they were on. Anyway, uh, they're going to be playing a, a great show at 1 p.m. They've been on tour with Cannons for like the last six weeks all over America. So usually when a, when, when a band's been on the road, they come off the road and they do a stop, especially in their hometown. They're ready to just fucking slay. They've been doing it every night. They're, they're in the zone. That's what I'm saying. Also, my dear friend Grace Sorensen will be playing at 1.30 p.m. on the BMI stage. She's amazing. Uh, I met her back in early 2022 when I hosted a show at the Pershing for my friend James Robinson. And uh, I saw her play for the first time. It turned out that that was her very first band show. Then we invited her into the Artist Development Program at Austin Music Foundation. Got to know her even more. Got to see her play a lot. And I'll tell you what, man. She's been on fire. She's been writing a lot. She's been playing a lot of really cool shows. And she comes from the pop and R&B world and the dance world. So I believe her show will probably be pretty grand. 
and Pretty Dancy. So go and check out these people. They'll be on, they're, they're both playing on Sunday, October 8th. Also, a lot of great bands playing on Saturday on that uh, Tito stage that I know. Die Spitz, all-female punk rock band. They play early, like 11.45. Shook's band, I think, plays at like 1.30 or 2. And uh, and then Calder Allen plays out there. So it's, it's going to be, check out those early bands. Those are always good. Always, always good. I do not have any gigs this weekend. I will not be at ACL, but uh, tomorrow, Saturday, I'm going to be joining my friend Ian Moore, my dear old friend Ian Moore, at his songwriting workshop, imparting some of my songwriting knowledge on some young new songwriters. So that should be a lot of fun. I haven't seen Ian in a while or hung out with him, so it should be a blast. And um, let's see, playing with my band on Sunday, we're going to get in the room, work on some songs we've been writing, take a little day and chill out. So yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. Even though I'm not playing any shows, I'll be busy. I think I'll get out and see some night shows. I don't know quite yet what I'm going to see. I might see where the wind takes me, what kind of energy I have, and what I want to do. It's been a crazy week here in America. You know, the whole Donald Trump and his his weird civil trial and all his weird speeches he makes. and, uh, And then the ousting of Kevin McCarthy and how America almost went dark on Saturday. It's just all, all so crazy. It's also crazy. I know it's hard to deal with. It's hard to deal with, but it's all based in sort of like this hatred that's been welling up for the last eight years. I don't want to blame one person for it because it was there. But one guy came out and said it was okay. And then there's all kinds of other people following in his wake saying it's okay. It's okay to have this anger. It's okay to to have this hate. It's okay to have this bullshit coming out of you all over the place. Terrible. It's awful. And the only thing we can really do is, is try and rise above it. Try and reach out to people, try and communicate. That's the thing is like, you know, people just weird. It's, it's like, now it's like a bad thing to communicate, you know? Oh, we can't have the government because these guys are fighting so bad. They're taking a week off. They started off the week with 45 days to, to keep the government from shutting down again. They have to start off by taking a week off because they're fighting. They can't even decide who the, uh, who the speaker of the house is going to be. And the thing is with that, like nothing can get done while there's no speaker. So there's just nothing getting done. Nothing getting done in a time of crisis. You know what I mean? Fucking insane. Insane world we live in. And all that hatred, it drives people. It really does. It drives people a lot. Um, My guest today, Lauren Lakis, actor, songwriter, musician, all around super duper cool person. I loved hanging out and talking to her. She has a brand new record called A Fiesta and a Hell. That record is out today, baby. That's right. And the reason why I segued into this is that is that these songs are a commentary on the grief, anger, and the lack of warmth that have permeated the last few years. And that's what I'm saying is that it's erupting into this weird fucking thing that's manifesting into a thing that's actually tearing our country apart at this point. Lauren is taking it from the base of it, the hatred, the anger, and how difficult it is to maneuver through all of this stuff. And this record of Fiesta and a Hell is absolutely fantastic. It is out today, October 6th. It's also available on vinyl. It's available uh, from Green Witch Records. It was mixed by our dear friend Elliot Frazier here in Austin uh, from Ringo Death Star, one of my favorite dudes. She's got some cool videos out there. One for this uh, song called Terror Tears, which is absolutely fantastic. You're going to hear the latest single, which was uh, Leave Your Window Open, a, uh, a love song with a vampiric twist, a song about yearning, longing, obsession, 
Lauren's a super duper cool person. As I said at the top of the thing, we have a really great conversation about making this record, about moving to Austin during the pandemic, about uh, about being an actor right now and being on strike, about actors turned musicians. And uh, during that part, gang, it, there's a little thing where I kind of repeat myself. So what happened was <laughs> I was segueing into asking her the question about all of these other actors that have become musicians and that her music kind of supersedes that. Like she sounds like a musician. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't sound like Sean Cassidy or something. She sounds like a person who's actually a songwriter who can also act like, uh, like the girls from Heim, uh, the ladies from Heim. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, during that, during, while I was explaining that to her, my dog, Rosie, broke into her purse and started kind of like taking stuff out of it. So we had to have a pause. So there's a part where I kind of repeat myself about that, but I do use different examples in the analogies. So it works out great. We have a really great conversation, really, really, really about uh, imposter syndrome, about uh, having the, 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 the panic when you have an empty calendar, about living in LA, what brought her to Austin uh, during the pandemic, about healing and dealing with the hatred in America. So Lauren Lakis, amazing songwriter, amazing musician, great singer, fantastic actor. You might not know her uh, uh, from Big Little Lies, from uh, The Sex Lives of College Girls, The Kroll Show, Confessions of a Teenage Jerk. She, my friends, is not a jerk. So without further ado, this is me and my new friend, Lauren Lakis, talking about music, life, and so much more. Let's get down. I did not know that you are an actor. Are you currently on strike? Currently on strike, although there are a bunch of projects that um, are honoring the new SAG agreements. There's like an interim agreement right now. Okay. And so, um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting to watch it all unfold because there are some, you know, bigger studios that are like, sure, we can honor your new agreement and they're continuing on, you know, to yeah, like yeah, actually yeah. make things. And, um, but there are some studios that are just like, no, there's no way we can honor this. And it, we're not really asking for that much. No, no. Like, Please don't scan my face and use it. Yeah. Forever yeah. <laughs> and not pay me. You know, it's funny that the <laughs> amount of acting that I've done, uh, my IMDB page is like featured actor stuff. But I, I made like, there was a couple of things where I made a shitload of money because I worked one day yeah. and oh, then yeah. worked another day a week later and I yeah. made all the money for the days in between. It's crazy because there are certain projects where I go in for a day or a couple of days and like, yeah, I make 20K and then there's some projects where it's like I am working my ass off yeah. every day, 12 hours a day for like two weeks and I yeah. see like $500. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was one of those movies, I watched your reels, was one of oh, those God. with Andre 3000? Yeah. Yeah, that's like the biggest movie I've ever made and it was... It was really cool. Bucks for three weeks. <laughs> no, no, that, no, that one was good. not. That one, 
That one was an A24 film. Yeah, and I was um, I, saw that. I was on set for like three weeks. So they were holding me for three weeks. Wait, um, they made a deal, didn't they? I just read that they yeah, they yeah. made a deal. They A24 came to an agreement. A24 is like, sure, we can work with it. Yeah. And A24 is like, you know, they're not... Um, I guess, I mean, to me, they're really major, but they're still considered like more on the indie side, you know, when it comes to like production, like they're no Fox or Warner Brothers or, you know, HBO, Um, although they are probably like the monster of like feature film, indie feature film production. Right. They've kind of taken the place of what Miramax once was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like. Um, Yeah. That was amazing. That one we shot in Portland and it's just about being an artist it's like slice of life film, what it's like to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How it's not glamorous. That's why you're putting on that weird, uh, like some kind of weird crocheted yarn mm-hmm. outfit. Yeah. That was like my <laughs> senior thesis or something. Do you, yeah. Were you working on, that's your primary sort of job? Is that like? Oh yeah. I don't, I don't. I'm I'm lucky if I break even doing music. Right, <laughs> like right. I don't make money for music, not yet. But um, yeah, acting is the acting the is, is like a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there uh, what, you don't you know, like? Okay, I'm trying to find a way to say this where where it's not uh, it doesn't sound weird, but it. I'm 54, so like I was a kid, and there were guys like uh, Sean Cassidy who was a guy on the Hardy Boys and was uh, David Cassidy's brother. And obviously David Cassidy had a recording career, so why not throw this guy in the thing from this TV show? And they were guys getting thrown on the thing from a TV show and they go in and they make music, but it's usually like written by other people, cheesily produced. They don't have a lot to do with it. So there's always been like this thing, like Rick Springfield was a guy. Uh, he and John Stamos. Was John Stamos a guy like that? I don't know. Anyway. There's always been like this thing and you can kind of tell like when like when Broadway people try and sing a rock song. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't seem right. But your shit is fucking awesome. Thank you. So there's no feeling of like acting is your first job. As far as when I'm listening to it, it sounds oh, like music yeah, is good. your main job. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. That's always the fear, I guess, you know. Um, I'm acting like I'm playing. Yeah. Like you don't want to yeah. be that guy, yeah. No, yeah. well, because I think... Um, I think my first love was music over acting, but I always put music on this like crazy pedestal where I was like, like music, I guess, meant so much to me that I was like, I could never make it, you know, like it's just so otherworldly and like they're just channeling something from God. Like I could never, you know, and then I realized like, oh, you don't even have to be good (laughs) to make music. (laughs) Like anyone can make music. And then I was like, okay, like, yeah, I can try. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, uh, I just had these two guys in here that make this weird, like ambient music that, you know, it, it's weird it's it, it's not like you're sitting down and writing a song and like doing all this stuff it's it's but yeah you can as long as it ends up you can end up being good yeah you never know and sometimes even like the most simple songs are the ones that people gravitate to the most you know the songs that took like five minutes <laughs> to yeah. write the hook it's like that's the one that everyone loves and it's like oh but that that wasn't even like my best writing at yeah. all you know i i 
Yeah. I, I've, I remember starting out when I started out in bands, there'd be guys that are like, oh man, the, the bass part isn't even that complicated. It's not good. It's you're like, no one, no one, no one judges a song by how complicated it is. Unless but they're assholes. we do. We do. You know, I don't. as musicians. I, don't, I do I don't. sometimes. You do? Yeah. Like if a song, if someone can do one chord and sing three notes over it and, and it's great. More power to you. Yeah, man. I don't think I judge my or judge other people. But yours on that. But I judge mine. Okay, you know because I feel like um, I guess for a really long time I just always felt like I wasn't good enough, wasn't good enough, wasn't good enough, or have like imposter syndrome. Like that's still a thing. I think it always you'll will always be. have that. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, do you have I'm it in like, acting? Sorry to interrupt you. <sighs> no. Mm-mm. Okay, well, that's weird. That I don't makes know me what feel that terrible. is. No, because <laughs> I have it in music still. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't have it. I don't have it with acting, really. I guess because it's been so long, and because like I've booked enough things, you know. To that where I'm photo like, over there I where can't... I'm standing there playing is 40 years ago, and I'm still feeling. Right yeah, that guy has. Yeah. Impo- that guy doesn't have imposter syndrome, but I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, musically, yes. Every yeah. time, like, well, almost every time I play a show, I will like finish the set and start putting all my stuff away and I'm just like oh my god this was it this was the show where everyone found out that I suck actually <laughs> like do you ever have you ever had that feeling where you're like <laughs> yeah you're like oh my god everyone who is here tonight is just like whoa actually she's so bad <laughs> yeah I don't know if that ever stopped I had a sold out show on Friday night at yeah. 310 yeah and my initial feeling was uh oh, they're gonna hate me <laughs> right before I yeah. started but I think that's how I kind of get my I kind of I guess like it depends on what, how you were raised if you're, I was if just you're gonna say coming that. up as an artist against something sometimes you need something to fight against before you get your yeah. chest bu- pushed out you know? yeah I think there's some element of childhood trauma in there <laughs> you know where you're just like always gonna feel like yeah. bad or wrong <laughs> like there's some element of like shame in there yeah yeah I always hear my dad and him going like, well, you're not Eric Clapton. And I'm like, dad, I'm 15. He's like, Eric Clapton was Eric Clapton when he was 15. Yeah. And walks out of the room. Yeah, my dad. (laughs) I don't know. My mom was always really supportive of any creative endeavor ever. Were they together? No. Oh. Yeah, that's mine weren't either. Mine was super supportive. Yeah, but my dad was the one that was like, MIA and so he's the one you know who I'm like I really need you yeah. to like love Why? me Why is that? No, exactly. you're exactly. not here um, you know my horrible. therapist told me it's that thing where uh, where I like if he's not gonna love me and notice me then the whole fucking world is going to you know what I mean yeah I sometimes wonder <laughs> like where my drive comes from that's where it comes from Lauren. I think so damn it There's, the thing is is it's so not unique either like it's just it's just not I'm like clearly I'm trying to prove something but like who am I trying to prove something to I think it's probably my dad yeah mm-hmm. is he is he still alive he is do you talk to him I do does he like your music he does he's my dad, a rock I don't guy think he likes mine oh With, you, he likes yours he likes yeah. mine yeah but he like well he likes my heavier songs um because like I remember his favorite band was probably Tool uh, oh, and shit. Soundgarden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, you know. Because oh, your dad's probably like my age. He's 63. Okay. So, like you know. 10 years But older. in the 90s, he was like. Yeah. Living really, really into Tool and Soundgarden. Like constantly those two cassettes were like on rotation. And my dad um, used to be a professional bodybuilder. And he owned his own gym. Like once he was done with the competition part of his life, he opened a gym. It was called The Body Factory. 
And um, that was probably my first job was like working behind the counter uh, at his gym, <laughs> which was like a total meathead gym. And, you don't look um, very meatheady. I'm not a meathead, and I cl- I was not when I was 15, 16. Like I would sneak like <laughs> I would sneak whole CDs on yeah, like yeah. <laughs> in between like Disturbed and like White uh, right. Zombie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and oh god, I don't even remember who else. But all those guys like Rob Zombie, White Zombie, Disturbed. That Disturbed album constantly playing. At the gym, so my dad, my dad likes uh, my heavy songs. That's cool. Does he still have the gym? No. What's he do now? My dad um, sells insurance. He's in Medicare. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, and like life insurance and stuff. What about your mom? My mom is so everyone's still in Baltimore where that's, I'm from. Oh, okay. Um, my mom. Oh, I don't know what to say about my mom because there's there's a lot of stuff there. But she, she's in Baltimore. No, don't don't laugh. <laughs> my mom is one of my maybe my best friend. Um, and my mom, like her musical influences, like I just remember her always playing the Cranberries, nonstop playing the Cranberries. Natalie Merchant, Matthew Sweet, like she went Matthew to Sweet. Lilith Fair, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I feel yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. very influenced by all that. But my mom is basically an angel on earth and she's had to deal with a lot of stuff throughout her life like addiction and husbands dying her mom dying when i was a baby you know just like lots of stuff to overcome and then her own um, trauma oh yeah yeah and then um yeah she she's currently uh in a nursing home because she was in a car accident in 2016 where she was paralyzed fuck so I'm sorry about yeah that. but she's not fully paralyzed and her surgeon says she will walk again so we'll see do you have brothers and sisters i have half brothers my dad i'm like oh my god my dad is dad pretty my prolific dad, my dad is prolific mine is too i got six half brothers and sisters I have you do? wait. <laughs> I love you. One, this is two. Awesome. I have to count them because there's a new one that just popped out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's those two. Yeah, I'm like you're 63. You're having a baby, okay? Um, he, I have four half siblings. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a good number. Solid. Yeah. yeah. You close I mean, to them? Not super close. They all live in Baltimore, you okay. know, so it's hard. Um, what you like Baltimore? I'm not a fan. No. <laughs> I'm openly not a fan. <laughs> Why aren't you a fan of Baltimore? I think it's because I was on tour and I, I, we pulled up to this hotel we were supposed to be staying at and I was like, I don't think this is, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is a good place for us. And I opened the door and there's like a, 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 a burned up piece of uh, aluminum foil oh, and yeah. a syringe. That sounds about right. And I was like, we got to get a different hotel. And from then on, I was just scared of Baltimore. So yeah. it's, it's probably <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm a little scared of Baltimore too. It's okay. Um, Plus yeah. I always stayed in Georgetown when I, when I played oh, in Georgetown D.C. So it was nice. like, yeah, I was like, they, I can't walk around and like go to places here. Baltimore's messed up because you'll have like a couple of blocks of like gentrification, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like really nice. Like yuppies everywhere and then you have like a couple blocks that are just like 
fucking scary. Yeah. Like you don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, and so I feel really bad for people who visit who aren't from there and they don't really know where to go. If they want to go to the inner harbor, but then they don't realize that like if they just stray a couple blocks in the wrong direction, yeah. like you're in the wire. Get you're you in know, the yeah, wire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You're literally walking through the wire. Literally a couple yeah. blocks in any direction you're in the wire. Like so yeah. It's I, go ahead. I'm sorry, I don't want to get off the topic, but I didn't see that you were on Law and Order, but there was a show in your reel that was very Law and Order. Like the cops come in and you're telling them what happened. That was to probably Rosewood. Rosewood. Is yeah. that like a procedural? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most actors, <laughs> most, most of my actor friends have a, at least one. At least I one. one. I have one friend that was like three, has been three different people on SVU. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's been on there three different times. Oh. Yeah. I haven't. I got close for Criminal Minds. There's so many of them I don't even remember. I like how many Law and Orders are there? there like I there's spinoffs there's and yeah, there's, there's like Hawaii Five O or something. Like isn't that like some or no? Am I? I don't think Hawaii Five O is part of it. Right. Hawaii Five O is like a remake of a '60s show. But there is a Hawaii procedural because <laughs> I remember because I auditioned for it. It's like some spin-off. CSI Hawaii. Yes, yes. I just made that up. Is that I think thing? it's CSI Hawaii. I, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds funny to say. Sure, yeah. CSI Hawaii. <laughs> or we just gave them an idea for another spinoff or something. I don't know. We're but, gonna get the Jerry Buckheimer call in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to be from Baltimore because, yeah. holy shit! I mean, can I can I cuss? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. It's. I mean, talk about like a city that fortifies you. You know, it's like there's a work ethic there that you're not going to find in a lot of places. It's it's just rough. You know, people are not the nicest there either. Um, a lot of people are, I think, pretty unhappy in Baltimore, like for good reason, you know, and like just the addiction part of it alone. Like everyone I know has been like addicted to heroin, <laughs> like everyone like in high school. I had best friends that were like becoming heroin addicts. Like it's just God, crazy. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a dark place. I I say it's kind of like Gotham City. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I'm glad then that I have that reaction to it because I used <laughs> yeah. to feel kind of guilty for fe- having that feeling. Like it was unfair. Like I just saw, all I saw was aluminum foil that was burnt and a syringe and I was immediately like done with, with Baltimore forever. Yeah, you don't need to feel guilty for that. <laughs> okay, it's good. just reality. So where does this music, like where, like when you uh, start, or like how did music find you? How did you find music? Mm. Like what was the first music that you were into yourself? Like what's the first... Oh my god. You look too young to have bought a record. Thank you. <laughs> I'll just say I'm in my thirties. So, oh, okay. So yeah. you might have bought an album. I, I What's do have records. What's the first album you ever bought on your oh, own? Oh god. Do you remember that? Honestly, the the first records that I have in my collection were given to me. Right, but what so was the first, the first one, one where you I were like, bought... I need to go, Mom, can I have this oh amount of money. Okay, probably. Um, oh man, I was in LA, and uh, Courtney Love was doing some solo thing. Like she was trying to like put out a whole album, but it wasn't actually whole or something. But she put out like this seven inch called Skinny Little Bitch, and I was like, I have to have that. I didn't know why. Like I didn't have a record player, so that was probably the very first one. Um, or CD or whatever. Oh, CD. Like, what was the first oh. music where you were oh, like, God. I have to have this music? 
Okay, so when I was, I remember in fifth grade being really into Green Day, No Doubt, and the Presidents of the United States. Okay. And then in middle school, there was like this hip hop thing because no one was listening to rock. Everyone was listening to hip hop. Yeah. And so I had to kind of get through that, even though that wasn't really me. And then once I was like 14 or 15, I was working as a host at some Tex-Mex restaurant and I had like all these like adults in their 20s, you know, were like working as servers all around me. And I was really young and like didn't know anything about music. And so I had all these like cool people in their 20s giving me like Fugazi CDs and like, yeah, Joy Division and yeah, just like everything that's good. Um, I remember someone was like, oh, you like whole like now fuck them. Like here's babes in Toyland. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like that. I think around like 14, 15, 16, uh, just high school is when I really started gravitating toward all my favorite bands. Like I was super into at the drive in, but like mm-hmm. the older at the drive in, um, I'm trying to remember the CD like book. early, like 2000 at the drive in. Uh, 90s, 90s at the drive Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like their first couple of albums, I just played it constantly um, on the way to school. Um, Nine Inch Nails. Like Nine Inch Nails of Fragile is like top three for me. I I love that album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like all the the Riot Girl stuff. I'm trying to think of like who else. I started really liking some older punk stuff too. Oh my God, Blitz. Do you remember Blitz? Mm-mm. They were like, I don't even think they like professionally recorded any music, but I remember like having a bunch of their stuff like and Turbo Negro and oh my God, there's just so many. Jawbreaker. Yeah, like, I know Jawbreaker. I played that CD to death as well. Tuscadero was like another girl band that I was really into. But we had this place in Fells Point. I don't know if you went there called Soundgarden where it's like a music store, but they would have like used CDs that you could buy and then you could sell your used CDs to them. And so it was like this constant rotation. Um, uh, I, whenever I played there, I played, uh, I did play the 930. What's uh, uh, the 930 club is in DC. The uh, auto yeah, bar that's, is. That's, I never played anywhere in, in Baltimore. We just stayed there that time or started or were booked to stay there. And 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 ended that very quickly. But what's the place in Alexandria where you can eat the Birchmere? Played there too. You know what I'm I talking about? No, I've it's never been It's a big been place. There. It's a good place. Um. All right. Sorry. So <laughs> I'm uh, like trying to. That's like the hardest question. Move, when did you move to LA? Um, from uh from Baltimore. In 2011, I moved to LA. Um, so you were young. Mm-hmm. You moved with your mom or on your no, own? No, I was I was on my own. And I guess like when I was growing up, it was always just me and my mom, you know. And so I think that I just figured that anything I wanted to do in life, I probably would have to do it on my own, you know. And so I think I was pretty comfortable with that. Um, and so, yeah, I just I packed up my Toyota Yaris and I just drove across the country. I think I had like $500 like in my bank account and yeah. Now how did you act and shit before you did that? Yeah, I, I had, uh, studied theater and then, um, 
I had done like some local Baltimore, DC, Virginia film stuff and like commercial stuff. Um, and I did well. Like, I think I realized that I did better on film than on stage. And so photography is like another thing that I was like super, super into and still am. Um, but I really like creating the box, you know, like, like creating the shot. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm interested in like the whole process. Is that where I've seen your name before? Like, do you do photos for people? I do photos for people sometimes. Yeah. Like who have you done them for that I'd know? Like music people here in town? Just music people. Who? Name a couple. Oh God. Um, that's where I know your name from. Cause I knew I knew your name from somewhere when you reached out to me. Possibly, yeah. I mean, my photo stuff is definitely more like... Did you do any, like, Pleasure Venom or anything like that? No, No. I shot... um, Sarah Hauser? Jeez, no. I know her, though. It's Um, someone that I know that you did, that I'm uh, friends with. I shot Exotic Frutica recently. They're friends. My boyfriend plays in that band, too. What does Um, he play? He plays... Well, he plays everything, but he plays guitar in our bands. Um, He plays in your band, too? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, what came first, the boyfriend or the guitar player? Was he a guitar player and then you're like, hey, you're cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to have to no. pay you as much as I pay the rest of the guys who no. be my boyfriend. Well, when I moved, when I moved uh, to Austin, live shows weren't really happening yet. And so it was like early 2021. And I don't think I played a show in Austin until like fall 2021. Okay. And so in that time... You know, I was like, oh, I have to get an Austin band together. And we were already together. Okay. Yeah. How'd you meet? The internet. (laughs) Oh, during the dark times of 2020? (laughs) I met met Rosie's mom that way. I mean, she was was around for a very short period of time, but but there was a, uh, yeah. Yeah, before I decided to move to Austin, I switched my Hinge profile to Austin just to see, you know, what the dating scene was like I guess and he was one of the first people that I matched with and I was like wow you are so exactly my type <laughs> what made you move, what makes someone your type uh, oh my god um, well I guess I have a thing for um, men with like good mustaches and so he's like tall and he has lots of tattoos it's and been a good era for you good mustache <laughs> It has. And he plays music yeah. and he likes horror movies, like old horror movies. And yeah. he's just a really wonderful, consistent person. You know, I've dated a lot of like hot and cold people and people who play games. And I mean, especially in L.A., you know, so to find him, I'm like, oh, wow, you're you're like a real man. Like <laughs> you're an adult. You like own your house and you're just. I don't know. You're like solid and that's yeah, hard to find <laughs> really responsible, like yeah. super responsible, not a flake. Also and, like a guy in a band too. Like you, I know, I like, know. Yeah, I was like, hold on. You're a guy in a band and, and you yeah, have yeah, like yeah. a career and own a house. Like what's his career? I don't have a career and own a house. You know, <laughs> like he, um, 
He's in marketing and sales, so okay. he sells leads to contractors. Awesome. It's really boring. He just works from home. I listen to it all day. But it's nice to be able to have a job that you <laughs> yeah. can, I mean, he can, when he finishes his job, he doesn't go stressing for the rest of the day about it. He no. can go freely, play music, and, and have a good time. That's a great day job. It's a perfect It's not day like job. acting. That's a no, tough day job. No, it's not. It's the worst day job. I don't recommend it. <laughs> so, all right. So what made you move from Austin to, to Austin from L.A.? It was the well, pandemic. Yeah, Austin, or L.A. was just locked down for like a year. But when you know? did you want to move here? Um, I wanted to move somewhere that... Okay. So basically, I was like, I don't want to move anywhere that's cold. I want to, you know, go somewhere that's like still warm. So I was like, okay, what are my options? And like Arizona, Texas, Florida. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, no, Austin no. is a nice yeah. balance of all the things, in my opinion. And like there's culture, there's music. I've been here a bunch. I've always enjoyed myself when I came here. Um, and I came and it's funny because like, I don't think I moved with the intention of like, I'm going to start a new life here. You know, I was just like, I just can't be in L.A. right now. I don't know how long I'm not going to be in L.A., but I just can't be here anymore. Um, Where'd you live there? Just real quick. Uh, I was in Pasadena my last uh, yeah. year, but um, I spent six years in Los Feliz. Oh, yeah. I like it there. Yeah. I, I lived in that Oakwood on Barham. Wait, how long did you live in L.A.? I didn't live there, but I, I went there and made a record. I lived there for a few months. Okay. A couple months. Yeah, I miss it. A couple times. I feel very conflicted. I don't, I don't ever, I, <laughs> one thing I never wanted to live there. I don't know. It's just too much. Yeah. I, I would want to be maybe outside of the city. Like Pasadena is a great place to live. Yeah. Pasadena. You're not I had a like, girlfriend that lived there for a yeah, while. You're not in it. Yeah. Yeah. Pasadena's got good stuff too. Mm-hmm. Pasadena that, has parrots. That's what they have that, uh, that's what the, the, that swap meet at the Rose Bowl on Sundays mm-hmm. or Saturdays or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So then you figured Austin, you moved here. What, what part of town, do you guys live together? You and the boyfriend? We do. That's been first... a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. It's been about two and a half years. So time is just like, I don't even know what time is anymore. But I started living in Hyde Park when I first moved oh, here, which was a, a place. great place yeah, yeah. to be. Um, yeah. And now we live kind of like east of Mueller. Like oh, my cool. boyfriend's trying to make like Upper East Side a thing. So he'll <laughs> tell people like we live on the Upper East Side. So I, we're, we're like like off that. 183 basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I lived over there on Avenue H and 45th Street. Okay, in Hyde Park. Yeah, I was married. My wife and I had a house there. Wow. Now she has a new husband with a a house there. And same house, but with new guy. How do you feel about that? Fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's been like, it's weird when you get older because you're like, oh, yeah, we were married for like 10 years, but we've been divorced for like 19 years. Yeah. I have no feeling. Do you recommend marriage? I do if you're not fucking, uh, you know, some incredibly emotionally wounded 24-year-old. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I recommend it for people to have their shit together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're ready, but it sounds like your boyfriend is. <laughs> I don't know. We, we, yeah, we got it. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> sure. Um, 
Were you working? Were you going back and forth for work a lot? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I still do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with special, because there's with special, like, uh, like under a special contract or something? For now, for with now. the strike, yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have agents everywhere too. So, of like Watch Port- your step, Portland Johnny. agents, LA agents, like Austin, Austin agents. agents. Yeah. yeah. Hoping for an Atlanta agent soon. Have you worked on anything here? Any commercials or anything? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Actually, this past month, I've worked on a lot of stuff in Texas. Um, so I did like a sci-fi feature in Dallas. Oh, cool. Which was really cool. Um, and then I just worked on this beautiful short film called Bioluminescent Plankton um, by an Austin director. Her name's Lucy Owens. Okay. And uh, that was beautiful. Like just a heart-wrenching script. You know, like two people who parted ways and eight years have passed and they it's the conversation that they wanted to have. Right. You know, so... Yeah, and then I wow. worked on like some other little uh, comedy thing called Millennial Ghost. Um, it's actually really, really funny, and I know it's funny if like I can't stop laughing when I'm on set, like trying oh, to good. do the take, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. and I ruin the take because I'm laughing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So that one's about. Uh, Sorry, it gets hot in here. Oh, it's okay. Um. That one's about uh, my boyfriend in the story is in an apartment and there's like a, a ghost, you know, that already lives there. And he ends up being like the worst roommate ever. And it's like funny how horrible of a roommate he is, like hogging the bathroom, watching porn on the couch. <laughs> like, and it's just a guy in a sheet. So it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. funny. Is. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Can I ask you a weird question? Okay. You're Jewish, right? No, no, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Lackis, We're not sure. Lauren well, Lackis sounds like a girl that I went to Miami Beach Senior High School with. Oh, really? I mean, it just sounds like a... So... Not, I'm not being uh, anti-Semitic in any way. No, I'm like, are you commenting on my nose? <laughs> I feel like I have a very strong nose. <laughs> I do too. No. <laughs> okay. Um, no, just Lauren... La- Lacus is Greek. Lacus. Actually. Okay, well, so. it's probably pronounced Lacus, but basically there was a paternity mix up when I was in the womb. So I'm not even Greek. <laughs> <laughs> but the I'm like, this is it's such a loaded question because I'm like, okay, well, actually, we have to go all the way back um, <laughs> to my parents being married. Um, but my mom's side is mostly Polish. And okay. I think there was some Jewish there, but sure. it doesn't reflect in my last name. Okay. So it's, it's Lakis, not that's, Lakis. That's what we say. Yeah. But it's probably Americanized and butchered. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, so when did you first, did you, did they give you a guitar or did you ask for a guitar or how did you get involved with guitar? My first guitar was a purple, like bright purple Fender Squire Stratocaster. Hell yeah. (laughs) And I don't remember if anyone bought it for me or if I bought it. Did you ask for it? I must have. To be like, like Courtney Love. That's what I'm getting at that. Well, that seems like your early influence because there's a lot of hole. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's because I was like, I was so shy and self-conscious and just like uncomfortable you know like when I was a teenager that I saw like 
a woman like Courtney or, you know, Shirley Manson or PJ Harvey or any of these just like... Or anyone at Lilith Fair. Anyone at Lilith Fair. Um, And they just were so powerful. And like, you know, Courtney especially just seemed to just not give a fuck at all. And I was like, I give all the fucks. Like, it would be amazing. How do you get like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's probably heroin is like how you get like that. (laughs) But I didn't know that at the time. So I was just like, God, I would love to to be so free, you know, to be that free. Yeah. Would be incredible. So it's um, funny, like with her, when people say like, oh, you know, it's drugs. It's not drugs. She's fucking crazy. Drugs are like fuel on that fire. Yeah. But she's a mess as a human being. I don't know if I would be friends with her in real life, especially now, you know. She left me a message once. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was in this band Gaudi and, and this guy Jack Joseph Puig mixed our record and he mixed uh wanna tell me how on you wanna be. What was that? You know what I'm talking about? What's yeah, her song? Yeah. Oh work me oh, over. That's all I wanna be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Celebrity was, Skin. Celebrity Skin. He was working on that song after he did our record. And I guess it was, there were like some okay. things being played when she walked in and she was like, who's this? And he's like, oh, this is this band Gowdy, this guy, Johnny Gowdy, you know, Texas guy. I need to call him and, and, and tell him something about this mix. So he went oh to leave God. me this message. And on the message, he goes, hold on. There's someone here that wants to say something to you. And this lady goes, Jimmy, Jimmy Guidi. This is Courtney Love from Hole. And this song is a fucking hit. And then he gave, she gave the phone back to him. <laughs> Wait, she she called me Jimmy Guidi. <laughs> whatever. She yeah, can yeah, call, yeah, call yeah. me whatever. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny. It's funny to like talk about Hole now because I like am like friends with Eric of Hole and like that's like a new friendship. Yeah, and yeah. so I just like feel so weird being like, I loved Hole as a teenager because I'm like, I got to be cool. <laughs> I, I watched a cult show with him once. At the House of Blues in L.A. Yeah. He's, he's a nice a, guy. He's a wonderful, Very tall. wonderful human being. Yeah. I didn't realize that until I was I was like, fuck, you're tall. He's yeah. a great guitar player. What's he doing now? Um, I don't know. I mean, nothing really professionally that I know of. He chants a lot. He does a lot of Buddhist chanting. Oh, he's a cool guitar player. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I hope the Buddhist chanting thing makes him feel good, but I missed that guitar playing. Yeah, I'm sure he's it's not, writing and it's stuff. Not me out. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to ask him yeah. what he's working on because I haven't, I haven't asked. <laughs> so, when did you start a band? This is what I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out the origin of the musical oh, sure. Lauren Lacus. Um, <clears throat> I started singing in a band in 2013, 2014. But I didn't give a fuck about that band. It was like some guy that I met at like a Toyota commercial audition and okay. we just stayed in contact and he had um, like like dual male and female vocals in his band, but mm-hmm. he was like the main songwriter and he just needed a female vocalist. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, do you want to come audition? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. But it wasn't my music. Like I really didn't. Okay. I wasn't invested in that yeah. really, but it was like amazing band boot camp because we recorded an album we did tours we played LA constantly like I got to see the whole deal through him or through that band and then um I quit that band was kind of doing a little bit like partnered with um 
another friend to do something more electronic for a little bit. And, uh, but it wasn't until <laughs> my great dark night of the soul in 2016, where I finally was just like, I'm writing an album and I'm writing it all on guitar and I don't care if it sucks. Like, I don't care that like, I am not a good guitar player. <laughs> like it doesn't matter because I'm just going to write this and it's for me. Um, and if one person connects to it in a way that helps them, awesome, like job done. And so um, I started writing my first album, Ferocious, in 2016, put it out in 2018. Yeah, check that out. Um, it's good. It's very raw. I didn't it's know really what good, I was though. doing in Ferocious. Like, it's no, but there- sometimes that's beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's one song, Lead Us On, that I really, really love, that a lot of people seem to love. It's so simple. It's like the second song I ever wrote, which is crazy. Um, but it's it's a little... Yeah, I mean, I, I was just starting out. I didn't really know what direction to go in. I just had a lot of feeling that needed to come out. And um, yeah, there were people that were actually... Like, that album is like my grief album, you know? Because it was just big breakup a few months later mom's in her car accident like my ego everything was just like totally obliterated you know so I could finally get out of my own way um yeah so 2018 is when I put that out and then it just I think my intention was like I'm just gonna make this one album for myself and then it's just snowballed into this monster of a thing that like I never could have anticipated yeah I was reading this thing uh, uh, your, uh, in your bio about this record, and um, hold on, let me get to where this is. Okay, uh, the songs are a commentary on grief, anger, and the lack of warmth that have permeated the last few years. Oh, this and, new album, yeah. Yes, this new album, which is called, uh, I haven't even said it, have I? Mm-mm. A Fiesta and a Hell, it's out October 6th, a uh, fucking amazing album. Um, and it's a nod to Violet Leduc's La Batard. Thank you. I'm probably. I mean, it's French, and probably it's probably not how you actually say it. It's like Mark's last name. It's like I. I don't know. La, ba- La Batard. I, <laughs> um, I was reading that book for a long time. It's a. It's really meaty. It's hard to get through it quickly. And a fiesta into hell is a quote from that book when she's describing something. And I was like, that is perfect, actually, because it weirdly since 2020 has been personally for me the best of times and the worst of times, you know, like personally and out in the world, best and worst in a lot of ways, like the two extremes of the spectrum, you know, Um, and I felt like. I felt like a lot of people in the past couple of years, maybe everyone's just sick of talking about it, you know, talking about everything that's happened. Maybe people just want an escape. And so a lot of artists don't really want to talk about it. But it's been like really hard watching people treat each other with so much venom and hate. Yeah. You know, it's been really heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, And I, I don't totally like know what to do about that as an artist um because it's like you know I think that the whole point the whole point in everything that I do is just connection because for me my favorite music and my favorite films have made me feel less alone right right 
and that's the whole point in doing any of this um, is to help someone else feel less alone. And I feel like things have become so polarized um, in the last few years. It's really, really heartbreaking. I don't know how to get back or move forward or whatever, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's so polarized that the polarized that people are living their own truths like this. Yes. Is they have their own sets of truths. There are different realities, different realities everywhere. And I don't know how you're supposed to like fix that or marry it all. Or it just is what it is that everyone has different truths and realities. And that's just it. You know, there's nothing to fix there. I'm not sure. So sort of the tribalism and sort of the truth of each tribe has its own set of, it's just, it's fucking obnoxious and horrible. And people mm-hmm. don't, my dad hasn't talked to me since like uh, middle of May. Mm-hmm. We were talking on the phone and he had a TV on, on Fox News, believe it or not. And uh was like, oh, hang on, I want to watch this thing. And I was folding my clothes in my room and I was like, sure, man. Had my earbuds in. Phone rings back like a minute and a half later. I'm like, hey. She's like full on screaming about what me and my friends have done to this. And I was like, well, I don't, dude, I'm yeah, folding my clothes. Yeah. Like we were, dude, like I'm still the guy that was folding his clothes. I'm not the guy that's trying to kill your fucking life or whatever. Yeah. The media is like really evil. Unbelievable. Too. Yeah. Uh, like, um, yeah. Like next level. Horrible. All around too. And it, and you realize like, like we, we live in a capitalist society where, where it doesn't matter really what you do to a society as long as you're getting paid the as money as that you want to make. As long as you're getting attention. I feel right. like attention is like the commodity right now. Viewership, eyes, someone's attention right, 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 is what right. everyone is gunning yeah. for yeah. right now. Yeah. And so you don't have to be truthful in order to get that attention either. No, you it can seems like lie. You, get, you get more attention if you, the less truthful you are. Yes, yeah. and you, you don't have to, you know, I think back in the day, journalists, if they made a mistake and printed something that was not truthful, they had to go back and redact it or apologize or something, you know, something had to happen if, if they printed something untrue. And now it's just like, it. what is true? You, you know, like when you read stuff or see stuff, it's like, what is actually real? Yeah. The question I get a lot, and I have, uh, my, your, your uh, brothers and sisters are halves, halves are in Baltimore, minor in Miami. And uh, I have a sister that I talk to regularly, a half sister I talk to very regularly, and a, and a half brother. But my sister will be like, uh, you'll say something to her, and you'll be like, oh, did you see this happen? Well, where did you see it? Where did you see it? Yeah. Because I don't know if I believe it. Yeah. Like, until you tell me where you saw it. If it's a credible source for me. I get like that too, you know, because I'm like, it's so easy to manipulate. You can create a headline that's just totally manipulated from whatever like the truth of it is, you know, and I found that like more often than not, it's whatever you're reading is not as bad or as good as they say it is. It's usually somewhere in the middle there, you know, um, but that doesn't sell anything to no. be in the middle. <laughs> no, and it's interesting because <laughs> or balanced. Balance doesn't sell. Right in the in the uh, in in the political spectrum, I got a, a really like a, a huge breath of what really is happening because all we really hear is what uh, 
the far ends, the Marjorie Taylor Greens or the uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That's, That's what all we, we hear. hear. And yeah. Remember a few months ago, there was there was they were going to shut down the government, and people were like, "Well, until you do this, we're not going to vote for that." And until you should, they're going to shut down. But then you realize that when they voted, the vote went to not shut down the government because there's way more normal people in there. Exactly. Yeah. Then they get then then the news is 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 presenting to you you only see the craziest yes from each side yes and there's not and there's not there's not that many of them no but they're loud they're they really they're really loud, loud dude. <laughs> they're so loud everyone's so loud so um so so where did you you recorded okay let me t- take me through like writing a song what do you i know i know it's always different but what do you write on guitar? Yeah. Do you come up with stuff when you're out walking around? Do you intentionally sit down and write songs or do the, do you wait till they come to you? I'm not one of those people that just walks around and hears a melody and is like, ooh, that's a song. And then right. I like make a voice memo. Um, maybe that's happened once or twice, but not really. Um, I'll sit down with the guitar. Sometimes I'll write on the bass too because that's like a totally different yes, vibe. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. and then... I used to write on like keys more, but not so much now. I've, I've really, I've found my instrument with um, my baritone guitar. Oh, cool. I love my baritone. Yeah. And so that's like the instrument of choice to write on. Um, yeah. And a lot of times I'll just find some chords that I really like. If I'm lucky, the lyrics will be right there, uh-huh. you know, as I'm coming up with a vocal melody. Sure. But more often than not, it's like weird gibberish syllables. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I'll just have to plug in words later and kind of figure out what the song is about. But yeah, um, yeah every now and then it's like the whole song with the lyrics is just right there. Yeah. Which is wild. That that doesn't. I mean, I feel like for me, songwriting in general doesn't really feel like it's even coming from me anyway. It's like Mm -hmm. I'm just like the channel. Tapping into something. Yeah. 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 It's like an idea. Like David Lynch has um, this book called Catching the Big Fish and the Big Fish is like the idea. It's about when ideas come to you. It's kind of like you're fishing and you want to catch the big fish. Um, But the thing about ideas is like if you don't grab the idea and do something with it, it goes back in the pond. Yep. And so an idea. Yeah. It's almost like it doesn't even belong to us anyway. So that's a that's an amazing way to look at it. He has David uh, Lynch. (laughs) You do. Yeah. He worked with a really good friend of mine that I wrote songs with for a record that I think I, he had something to do with it. This girl Christabel. Do you know who that is? It's like his uh, protege. Oh, lucky. She's like an lucky her. <laughs> she has like this weird like European accent, but she's from San Antonio. She's totally like someone you know David Lynch would be sense. friends with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's cool as shit, but she is, she is weird like that. You know, like... <laughs> um, <laughs> What about John Waters? You a John Waters fan? Being from mm-hmm. Baltimore? Yeah. 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 How can you not be? I like good. like four of his movies. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, I also only seen like really dead, like four of David Lynch's movies. I don't put the Elephant Man in that too, because I, I saw that at too young of an age I and it was seen really the disturbing. Man. It's heavy. Yeah. It's really heavy. Eraserhead really fucked me up. Yeah. Like really but I th- well, this is like again just such a Baltimore story. It was like playing uh at some dive bar that's not open anymore in Baltimore and I think I was like tripping on mushrooms or something and um it was just like 
whoa, like staring at it as it was playing in this bar, just like getting disturbed as the night went on. I was like, I need to watch this another time. Not right now. Someone was telling me they just uh, rewatched Blue Velvet again. I think it's hard sometimes with like, with a lot of older movies. I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like my attention span because of my phone is just like gone. And so there are so many, like my boyfriend, he has a huge VHS collection and we were watching Dark City last night. What's that? Dark City, it came out like right before The Matrix and so it got kind of overshadowed okay, by okay. The Matrix, but it's, it's like- a 90s movie? Kiefer Sutherland is in it and um, uh, Jennifer Connelly. It's like, it's Matrix-esque. There's like, you know, these beings, they're like really pale and bald and they wear like black coats and they're in this city and it's always dark and you're not really sure what's going on there, but they like make everyone fall asleep and then they change the city and they're like studying and researching humans and the soul. And then spoiler, cool. I wish I tell you, I won't tell you the end, but anyway, it's, um, man, it's like those older movies seem so slow moving now because like everything we watch on our phones is just like, look over here, look over here, look over here, look over here, you know, yeah. and it's like, I have to put my phone in the other room and like sit yeah. with a movie. I thought with music, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I, I started making myself listening to an entire record a day, not because I had to prep for a podcast, which is for the last 12 years, that's what's made me listen to whole records, but I don't just listen to them for enjoyment, especially now that I have every record ever made at my yeah. disposal. Like it, I hear one song and I'm like ready to go into DJ mode. Oh, you know, it'd be great after this song. is. So I started making myself like I'd make dinner, put on a record, make dinner and listen to the whole thing while I made it and ate dinner and stuff. Mm-hmm. It lasted a couple months. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Also, I'm, I've been thinking a couple of days ago, I thought about going through the AFI list of the 100 movies. I know there's a lot I've seen, but just like sitting down and really like watching great movies. Yeah, I tend to like pick the trashy ones, you know, when I I'm like too. sitting down. Yeah. Like I love like 80s horror and you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street is like oh, yeah. one of my favorites. That's a great one. <laughs> mm, what about, uh, are you a My Bloody Valentine music fan oh, and yeah, movie? Oh yeah, of course. I haven't seen the movie. Oh. But I, yeah, I mean, the band, when I first heard Loveless, I was just like, (gasps) music like this exists. It's unbelievable. There's obviously the sensibilities in your music have that same sort of, like you're from that family tree, which is amazing. That's one of my favorite records of all time. Mm -hmm. There's no, yeah, that CD was worn out. (laughs) Yeah. Someone burned it for me too. And it was just totally. How many people are in your band when you play live? Because you're about to go on tour. You're yeah. going to be gone for a long time. I'm going to come see you on the 13th, I think, yeah, at Swan Dive. Yeah, you should. Dive. It's going to be a great show. Um, That's the day before my birthday, too. Really? Yep. The 14th is your birthday? Mm-hmm. Libra? It, Libra. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a gig on the 13th, because that's Friday, right? I'll come to your show. Cool. Something makes me think I might have one, because I have one on the 14th on my mm-hmm. birthday. But anyway, whatever. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, um, How many people are in your band when you play live? So... Generally, there are four. Okay. So it's myself on rhythm guitar on the baritone, Charlie on lead guitar. Um, I have a couple of bass players. I have like an Austin band and an LA band, sure. you know, um, 
but oh so that makes it easy okay because i was like man she's yeah. going all the way out there to play one show and then come back i'm like god that's expensive no we have well we have like three shows in california right um and then we'll come back <laughs> yeah you're doing san francisco and LA. <laughs> uh long beach la and san francisco yeah um but yeah normally normally uh me charlie bass player it's been misty um oh hamrick yeah oh she's great man. yeah it's been seen her in a long time tell her i said hi i will yeah but she's gonna go on tour with daystar in october okay and so her husband is gonna fill in on bass he is in exotic frutica okay it's like this whole it's all connected yeah here the way it works in austin (laughs) Yeah. yeah and then i have like two drummers that i normally play with here um so i think our drummer pat is gonna play and then sometimes i'll have a synth player if i'm lucky and uh usually my friend well lately my friend jenny who is a bartender at hotel vegas she has been playing synth with me she also has a band called prehuman okay that like just started playing shows so wow it's in- insanity <laughs> where do you play you play swan dive where else do you play here um, I've actually never played Swan Dive, so that's going to be my first time playing Swan Dive. Did you um, just play like Hotel Vegas like this last just weekend? Just played Vegas or something? this week, yeah, for the Mary Cherry residency. Sorry, well, I missed that. I should have seen it. Oh, it's when was we it played it like midnight on Tuesday. That's like, not going to happen. That's never going to happen. It was like too late for me. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah I was. It was <laughs> tough, and it was like the day after Labor Day too. I thought just, they stopped oh doing God. weekday midnight shows everywhere. We were. They should they should move the door time up. I think on a Tuesday, like doors weren't even until like nine, which I yeah, don't dude, agree with. It's so hard to get out of your house at that time. Like, how do you get out of your house at ten? I used to. I don't want to. I don't either. <laughs> and so we're gonna play uh, another residency in November at Vegas for Farmer's Wife, and I uh, messaged the Booker, and I was like, "Can we?" <laughs> Not play last. <laughs> what time? We, what day of the week is that residency? Uh, that residency is a Tuesday. Oh, awesome! That's a Tuesday night. Yeah, so we okay. have a, a Friday, Friday the thirteenth in October um, at Swan Dive, and then Austin Tuesday, November twenty first, which is the night before my birthday. My birthday is uh, November twenty second, so I'm going to make that like a birthday show. So I also was like, I don't want to be playing at midnight. Yeah, on my birthday. No. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I thought you were doing like a whole monthly, a whole month long residency at. at Not Vegas. us. We're just hopping on someone else's. That's great, man. Yeah. But we play, we've played chess club a bunch, 13th floor a bunch, uh, Vegas a lot, far out stubs. I like far out. Far out's cool. It's far for me, you know, being in the too. Upper East Side. Yeah. It's tough. I like to take a, I like to take an Uber. I like to have cocktails. I mean, I'm not like a wasted guy falling over everywhere, but I like to have drinks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I like to go somewhere and have a couple of drinks. I even went to the theater yesterday. I had this, this guy made me the strongest drink. At what Zach theater? Scott. Zach Scott. I went to see the Go-Go's musical, Head Over Heels. Oh. Last night was, a, yesterday was the last day. I had friends in it. So I went to go see them. The band. They actually had one of the Go-Go's playing in the band, being the musical director. That's very cool. cool. Yeah. You know the Go-Go's? Not too well, no. Okay. <laughs> it's cool. But I'm happy for you. That would be it's a good awesome. person for, for you to meet. She's a cool rock person. It, I think it's cool. Uh, 
I think it's always good to have someone that's a few classes ahead of you. Oh yeah, that, I want that I can mean, tell you stuff like pitfalls, and especially yes. like women in the business. When you meet a woman that has made a million bucks doing this shit, I know you're like, hey, can I talk to you about this? I know, yeah, yeah I've, never, I've never, I've never had a mentor, yeah, you know, and so I feel like I've had to make all the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> navigate yeah. all the pitfalls like yeah. like learn how to say no to like yeah it's just crazy again i think a lot of that stuff comes back to childhood too you know it's like like just boundaries having boundaries and saying no and not being a people pleaser and not you know all that right. stuff i also feel like in in being a freelance person that i've been since i was very young and you have obviously been since you were young as well that have you ever seen that documentary about Joan Rivers? Do you know who no, Joan Rivers was? I know who okay, she is. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, she... I'm not being weird. You just oh, never no. know. No, I I, right. okay. I don't know too much about her, but I have a feeling. I get the feeling she was probably a total badass, actually. 100%. Like, <laughs> 100%. Like pedal to the metal, like, yeah. like full on. At a time when women didn't go on stage and say the shit that she was saying, like she was just up there saying like, wasn't she a comedian before yeah, she, was a comedian. she was a talk show yeah, host? Yeah. Or? She was always a comedian. Yeah. Yeah, that was her job. She got those other things where like gigs, like day gigs for her. But there's in this documentary, she's old. She's already like in her 80s. And her fucking obsession with every date being filled on her calendar, even at that age. Oh, no. Like, like, <laughs> I'm I, fucked. I, I'm not kidding you. Like when I saw that, I was like. Oh fuck! I feel you like never stop feeling that way as a, as a, as a as a, as a you you have to have a level of self motivation and being self employed and being like you know workaholism. I love it. I'm into it. I'm a yeah. workaholic. <laughs> well, also out of fear of of not having work, and yeah. that's a lot of the reason. Like yeah. sometimes I end up doing stuff like you know. I mean, I'm not even going to say it, but this last weekend. <laughs> There was a thing I was on that I went and did, and they're like, hey, promote this thing. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. It's so bad. But part of it is I didn't say no because I don't want them to stop asking me to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know what I mean? Like, I oh, do. That, that calendar date was open. I don't care if it pays or not. I got something to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I very much know what you mean. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I like you, Lauren. I'm glad. Thank we, you. I like you too. Weird, <laughs> We've heavy had similar... stuff for two people that just met. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we've had similar quirks, I think. Well, I think we, that's a funny thing is doing this show is you realize like we all do. Like we're all just one archetype of a person walking yeah. around. Yeah, especially if you're a creative person. Yeah. There's there's probably something lurking in there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, this uh, There's a song that is coming out, uh, Leave Your Window Open. Yeah. Talk about this song because that's the one I'm going to play on this on this show. Oh, awesome! Yeah, that um, that this will comes come out, out between that and the record. Yeah, coming I was going to ask It'll be you. It'll a few weeks. Great. Yeah, yeah I was going to say if we can, uh, if we could have it come out maybe after, right? You know, at some point after this song comes out, just so people can go listen to you it. Muscling me? No, no, I'm, no. Just, I'm just fucking with you, dude. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> if it's not too much trouble. <laughs> um, uh yeah this song okay so yeah like a lot of the songs on the album are like a little bit i don't even want to use the word politically but a little politically charged you know just about like 
yeah, they're just a little politically charged. Just like, wow, this shit's fucked up. Like, can we talk about this? Like, are other people like a little upset and angry, you know? But this song's different (laughs) because it's not that. (laughs) This is not that. Like, I, yeah, I put out Terror Tears, which is like totally, you know, it's, it's a beautiful video for that too, by the way. Oh, thank you. My, um, a couple of filmmaker friends and I made that in LA this past spring. I was in LA for like three months in the spring. And we made that in Hollywood. You know, I was like, yeah, that's the Hollywood on, stuff is in it. Get on Hollywood Boulevard, yeah, yeah. you know, because that is like that song very much was about like being in L.A. during this very specific time. Um, so, yeah. And then Take My Hand is not really not super political. Um, a little bit, though, you know, it kind of touches on like what is real and like opening your mind and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this song, Leave Your Window Open, is is like a love song, you know? It's about, like, yearning and obsession, and I had this imagery. <laughs> All those healthy things that come along with love. <laughs> Codependent relationships. <laughs> that breakup in 2016 totally, totally was that. I was like, oh, my God, like, if you can treat me this way, anyone can treat me this way. I can't live without you. I'm going to die, you know, like it was next sorry, level. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. No, I laugh too. It's funny. it's funny. Now, thank God it's funny now because at the time I really was like, I'm going to die. My heart's so broken. But anywho, um, leave your window open is, I, I had this image of like, <laughs> like, you know, someone coming in through your window at night. It's like, leave the window open for me. And I'm, I'm in a good in, way, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm going to, yeah. you're going to wake up. I'm going to be next to you in your bed in yeah, a good yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I was like, Oh, like a vampire, you know, like, and I always thought vampires were so sexy my whole life. Like, I think, I think that as a kid, my parents were not good about making sure I didn't watch certain things. And so I think like probably when I was like seven, I was just like, watching vampire movies just thinking like oh my god like they're so hot you know like my first crush is like on vampires so channeled that um for the music video music video is really fun to make that has like a whole other story too i got catfished by a fake photographer and i like hired her to like shoot music videos and album art and single art and we like took a road trip together for a week from here all the way to South Dakota and she ended up like her whole Instagram and everything was like other people's work <laughs> your face right now me. no one can see your face right now oh my god dude that is is that insane fucked up that's a whole that's a whole other thing thank god I was directing all of it you know and I just needed someone to click the shutter for yeah, most yeah, of it because yeah. I'm a photographer like I can yeah. set up the shot yeah. Oh my God. Insane. I'm like, I got single white female. Like she was sleeping. We were sleeping in hotel rooms like together and she was totally a fraud, like paid for her to fly to Austin from LA, paid her for the week. Like, oh my God. Insane. But she shot it with me. We had a great time because I didn't know (laughs) (laughs) what happened when you found that crazy. Were you oh too scared God. to tell her that you found out? No, I wasn't be... too scared because, okay, so 
I'll try to make this short because I wanted to still talk about the song and stuff. But talk about the song. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, well. I know because the people listening oh are God. like, I don't want to hear about the song. What do you remember with a girl? Yeah. Okay. Well, basically, so the song, love, obsession, yearning, longing, all that, vampires. Um, the video is really cool, even though I made it with this fake person, <laughs> and it's a, it's a really beautiful song. It's one of, it's my producer's favorite song of everything that we recorded and. Um, yeah, it's just, it's pretty, it's, yeah. Anyway, so back to the fake photographer. <laughs> her name is Sabina. Uh, don't shoot with her. Um, no, it was, it was insane because we were, we had real, like in real life, mutual friends. Like it, this wasn't just some super random person. Wow. We knew a couple people uh, in real life and we were like internet friends for maybe a year or so. And I remember thinking like, oh man, I love her work. Like I'm going to hire her to do all of the art, all of the photography, all of the video for my next album, whenever that time comes when I'm ready. And so I hit her up. I was like, I know that sounds really crazy, but I have these different concepts in mind. And I was thinking we could knock it all out from a road trip from Austin through Oklahoma, Nebraska, and then South Dakota. (laughs) What do you say? And she was like, I'm so down. So I flew her in. Yeah, we okay. So the first thing that tipped me off, we were, we were in a little motel in in Oklahoma, which is where we shot the leave your window open video. Like half the video was shot in this little motel room, and she started watching a YouTube tutorial to load film into her camera. She was a film photographer. Okay. Okay. And she made fun of herself. She's like, oh, don't laugh at me. Like, I still need to watch this, you know, to load my film. It's an old camera. And I was like, okay. First red flag, but okay. Yeah. And then we're shooting her camera jams. And then she just like opens it, which like you don't do. You ruin the whole (laughs) role if you just open it. And I was like, ah, no, 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 no. What are you doing? That role was ruined. Um, Red flag number two, you know, was that. And then we're like driving and you really get to know someone on a road trip. So she was telling me all kinds of childhood stories, just all kinds of stuff. I was just like, wow, like this girl's been through so much, like so much trauma, homelessness, like all kinds of stuff. And maybe that was all real. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was true that she told me. Oh God. So so fucking weird, man. Yeah. So we finished the whole shoot. We go to Rapid City, South Dakota to the Badlands. Um, and I get back, I take like six rolls of film to be developed. Probably only half of it comes out. Luckily, we took tons of Polaroids and I could see the Polaroids, you know, in real time. You don't have to be a good photographer to take Polaroids. Right. And so I still had enough stuff um, that I needed for like this single and the first single, Take mm-hmm. My Hand, which is all shot at a, this dinosaur park in, in the Badlands. Mm-hmm. Um so I get I get back. Well, we get back and she had one night in my apartment by herself. I stay with my boyfriend because she was going to fly out the next day. And she stole a bunch of my clothes that night when she was alone in my apartment. And I didn't know until like two months later when I was packing to go to Baltimore and I needed all my pants and stuff. And she like she's the only person who had like been in my apartment. And like my favorite overalls, my favorite gray pants my you know like multiple pairs of pants and like tops and things did you call her we're all gone i texted her and asked her about it and she was like she had a weird response she was like no i have my own clothes i don't need yours 
I was like, what? But I just framed it as like, you know, all of our stuff was kind of accidentally. Did you accidentally take some of my stuff? Because yeah, um, (laughs) she's the only one. And I remember her bag was overstuffed when I dropped her off at the airport. Like she couldn't zip her bag up. But we had bought a couple things. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, maybe she just. I like forensically you go through everything and you see all the red flags all of a sudden. All of a sudden, the whole picture makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I figured out like, oh, my God, I, I'm pretty positive she stole my clothes. And I asked her about it. She had that weird response. And then like a week later, she hit me up and was like, can you PayPal me $40? I'm stranded somewhere. And I'm thinking like, I don't really know you that well. Like, this is kind of weird. And I don't. It was weird. And I was like, well, I can't not send her $40. Like, she's clearly in a tough spot and desperate or something, you know. And she was like, I'll send it back to you. My dad's going to send me money. I was like, okay. And of course, she like never sent me. Turns out she's an African princess. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, So it all started to come together. And then I noticed, too, like on her Instagram, no one was ever tagged, you know, in her um, post, which normally you'll tag your model, you're, yeah. you'll tag your makeup artist. Sure, there's people, sure. there's a yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one was ever tagged. And so I was a little like, mm. and then, yeah, when, when the roles came back, I saw half of it was, um, actually came out and was developed. And so it all kind of came together. And anyway, long story short, I, a friend of mine in LA who is very like hooked in with different photographers and stuff, I sent her, um, this photographer's page and my friend was like oh that is not her work she was like I can tell you right now this image this image and this image is by this other photographer girl I will send you her profile and so I found like six photographers that she had stolen stuff from and they were all women which is like fucked up you know what I mean like why would you yeah but anyway I ended up doing a shoot with one of the real photographers, you know, cause I was like, your, it's actually your work that I'm really into. And I booked a shoot with her. And so she shot my album cover and, oh, and all great. Of that. Okay. okay. Wow, man. What a crazy story. That's insane. Do you yeah. have a manager or like a music manager? No. You just, you've, you're, you got a, oh, you didn't, you wrote me. Publicist. I wrote you. You don't, you don't mm-hmm. have a publicist? I wrote you. I have a publicist, but um, she's in LA, so I don't know. Most of her contacts, I guess, are just... Who, what's your publicity company? You can tell me. Um, her name's Kershona... Oh, my God. Mayo. <laughs> Kershona, okay. Kershona Mayo. She's with Maura May uh, I don't, Agency. I've never worked with them. But, yeah, I want a manager. I want a booking agent, especially after booking Did you this book this tour, tour and stuff? Mm-hmm. Shit, man. I've been really busy. <laughs> you have. Yeah. I'm tired. Well, yeah, and you deserve it. You I mean, your work as an artist is is incredible. Thanks. It really is. Like you are a fucking great songwriter. You're a Thank great you. singer. This record is fantastic. I hope people get out there and listen to it. It's you know, man, I'm like a power pop and shoegazer guy. Like mm-hmm. those are my main <laughs> and then I like Americana stuff, but my my I like loud bending guitar stuff. Yeah. I'm a big moving panoramas guy. Are you? I don't think I've ever heard them before. Really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I should do a show together. But you and Leslie would be friends. I'm going to try and introduce you guys. Yeah, please do. Yeah. She likes to go to Justine's. She likes a cocktail too. Not 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 in like <laughs> a, she's an alcoholic, but in the same way I do. Like she likes to have a drink and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You drink? You know, a little bit. I found I mostly will drink like once a month. I'll have like two tequila sodas like yeah. once a month. You're a and small I, person. You seem like you like. I get drunk really, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. need. Yeah. And I like randomly kind of accidentally just did 30 days sober. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm at 30 days. Like, should I go for 60? And so I'm going to go for 60. I don't know. I've never like purposely done that. Although I don't think it's really making that much of a difference because I very rarely like drink, drink anyway. Yeah. So. My girlfriend doesn't drink, but on purpose. Like mm-hmm. she shouldn't. Yeah. Like she's been sober for a while, like 16, 17 years or something. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm going to get to 60. It'll be September 27th will be 60. Okay. I'm going to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm excited to go see you play. Is there anything that I'm missing here? I really, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Like, I feel like we're friends now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, we've been through something. (laughs) (laughs) There's still so much more to say. (laughs) I know. I know. know. Um, it's it's like a therapy session that went 25 minutes too long. Yeah. What, what time is it anyway? (laughs) It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, 343. Oh wow! Yeah, and we we got right into it at like two thirty too. So I'm fucking around. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the album comes out October sixth. Yes. Um, the last single comes out September twenty second. I'll play it on this show. People will hear it. They'll like it. Um, They'll love it. Yeah. Lots of lots of Texas and California dates for October and well through the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, you're gonna be in Dallas, uh, Houston. Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. Um, yeah, and then I'm really hoping. Well, I'm not going to say I'm hoping. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do um, some East Coast dates probably in the spring. Okay. Maybe Midwest in the summer. It'd be cool to do a whole U.S. tour, honestly. Yeah. It'd so, be tiring. Uh-huh. But it'd be, but it'd be fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess and if anyone wants to find me, too, it's I'm the only Lauren Lakis out there, it seems. If you Google me, you'll find me. It's really easy. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a link tree that you have that I'll put a link to on here so okay. people can get all your stuff. But um, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Stay <laughs> yeah, in touch. too. Right. Yeah. That was the great Lauren Lakis. Her album, A Fiesta and A Hell, drops today, October 6th. Also available on vinyl. Gang, I forgot to say this in the intro. But she is playing at Three Links Dallas tonight, October 6th. If you're listening to the show, day comes out. On October 13th, she will be at Swan Dive here in Austin. In November, she'll be hitting San Antonio, Houston, San Francisco, Los Angeles. She'll be playing Levitation Festival. I will put a link to her link tree uh, in the text of this podcast, and you can find out where she's playing next, all right? I want to thank Lauren for doing the show. I had a really great time talking to her. Get out there and check out this gorgeous record. Mixed by our dear friend Elliot Frazier from Ringo Death Star. Gang, have a great weekend, whatever it is you're doing. Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you find podcasts. Be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Podcasts, anywhere, man. And every Tuesday and every Friday, new shows. Been dropping from the vault shows, too. Uh, from the vault. Those come on Saturday nights, by the way. Those are old shows that you might have missed. Or you might want to hear again. But I re-release them in a new package called From the Vault. Wow, that was the worst delivery of anything ever. I'm leaving it in. All right, gang, have a great weekend. Enjoy Lauren Lakis. Let's get down. This is all-